Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 150, a podcaster's biggest mistakes and how you can avoid them. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm so happy to have you listening. And wow, episode 150. This is a special milestone. I know many other podcasters have more episodes than this, and many have fewer episodes than this, but I decided to make this a special milestone with sharing with you some, not all, but some of my biggest podcasting mistakes, how I fix them, and most importantly, what you can do to avoid them or what you can learn from this and maybe how to fix some of these mistakes you might be making too that I made first. So I made them first for you guys. I I did this for you. I made this for you. And I'm really excited then to share this with you for the 150th episode. Also today on November 11th, 2013, marks 3 million downloads from Noodle Mix Network of all of our podcasts on the network. And that number is actually a little bit small because not everything was tracked during its entire existence. But at least in my Blueberry certified stats, that is what it shows, 3 million downloads as of today. So wow, thank you so much. And if you haven't checked out the other podcasts that we do, we do several, and they're not all hosted by me. So if you don't like me, then you've got other choices on our network too. Please go to noodle.mx to check that out. But let's get into this. Some of my big mistakes that I've made in podcasting and what you can learn from them. And this is in no particular order, no number sequence, nothing like that, no 12 days of Christmas review on all of these things. But these are just some of the mistakes I've made and how I fixed them when I could fix them. Starting off, I used bad stats in the beginning. PodPress was really the main thing, the main WordPress plugin for podcasting back when I started podcasting in 2007. That's what I found, and I liked that it had stats built into it, and I loved those stats and would watch those stats every single day or several times during the day, and I'd heard people around that same time that I was podcasting. I had heard other people like Angelo Mandato. I met him somewhere around then. He said something like, you know, those stats aren't really that accurate, and but I just ignored it. I I didn't want to change any systems. I didn't want to change WordPress plugins or anything like that. I liked my PodPress back then, and I was happy with the stats that I saw. They made me feel good, but they were far from accurate. (laughs) They were extremely inaccurate. So it, it took me a while to actually switch over to using PowerPress, but when I did, I also switched over to using Blueberry Stats, and I've been using Blueberry Stats ever since then. And I wish that I'd used Blueberry Stats all the way back to the beginning. I could have used Blueberry's free stats along with with PodPress back then. Even today, if you're using PodPress, you can add Blueberry's free stats or premium stats to that. It's not very hard. But I wish I'd done that way back then instead of just deciding, nah, my, my PodPress stats are good enough. But that means that now as I look back at that history of 3 million downloads... It is missing some downloads from that early beginning of the, my podcasting history. Granted, it's not missing that much, and the downloads it's missing aren't, in the grand scheme of things, aren't that important since they were some of my first episodes from way back then. It's more the recent stats that matter more, and how are things growing today that matter the most. So how I fixed this was, when I did move to PowerPress, the first thing I did was I also implemented the Blueberry free stats. A couple years later, or a few years later, I then started paying for the premium Blueberry stats, and I really think they're worth it. They are beautiful stats. I really like them. But I still have that full record then of all of my new podcasts that have launched since then all use Blueberry stats, so I'm happy to have a full, complete record 
And by sticking with the same stats system for the entire life of the podcast, then I can have accurate stats that can make me feel really good when I look at those numbers sometimes and look at the totals. Another mistake I made was, and you've heard me say this many times in my podcast and just about any time anyone interviews me in podcasting, is I try to be perfect with my podcast. When I started my clean comedy podcast, The Ramen Noodle, I scripted every episode. Each episode was only about 7 to 15 minutes, but I did script it. I would go back, edit the script. I would then amplify certain things and start to make things a lot more exciting and exaggerate certain things just for the comedic effect of it. And then I tried to perform that script verbatim. So if I messed up on the slightest thing or didn't like the way I pronounced a word or stumbled over something, then I would go back and redo that paragraph or redo that sentence, whatever made a good breaking point. And then all of those mess ups that I was collecting in my recording had to be edited out. So it would take hours and hours to edit this, hours to prepare it, hours to perform it. I was trying to be perfect and make sure that that episode was just beautiful. And you could say, wow, absolutely no mistakes whatsoever. He is a great speaker. I don't know quite what I was thinking back then, but I wanted each episode to be perfect. And it took me way too long. And as you probably know, perfection will kill many podcasters because while trying to be perfect, you'll never achieve great success unless you have a lot of money in order to pour into being able to be perfect. But then why pour all that money into being perfect when you could pour it into things that would be better off? Nobody's going to be perfect, really. And none of us are perfect. We make mistakes regularly. The big podcasting giants make mistakes. They don't try to be perfect. They've learned the lesson of don't try to be perfect. And because I was It was killing my podcast. Another mistake I made was I didn't schedule my time for my podcast. My Clean Comedy podcast was my first podcast. So that's really where I learned so many of my hard lessons with my podcast. And that's why I keep referring back to it. But when I started it in two years, I started in 2009 or 2007. And by 2009, I had only released nine complete episodes. Two years, nine episodes. That's fewer than one episode per month. I had a problem, and that was I was procrastinating. I was never making time for my podcast. I wasn't making it a regular scheduled part of my life. So, quite obviously, combined with my strive for perfection on every podcast that I did, it took me way too long to produce my episodes. And It took me way too long to just think about during my episodes. I I wonder how many times did I say to someone, yeah, I'm going to work on a podcast and put out a new episode this week and didn't do it. Countless times, probably all of those times that there wasn't an episode each week during those two years, that was probably a time that I'd said I was going to try and put out an episode. Well, there is no try, either do or do not. And I even mixed up Yoda's quotation by making it backwards. But how did I fix this? Well, in 2009, I announced that the ramen noodle would no longer be scripted and that it would be live. The reason why I started doing it live is I was watching people like Leo Laporte with This Week in Tech, Cliff Ravenscraft with all of the podcasts that he does at gspn.tv, and James Kennison with his podcast over at nlcast.com. And several of his, he's retired. But what I was seeing from each of these podcasters is that they did a weekly podcast and they did it live. So people would show up live and they would start building a community that way. And there was a little bit of an accountability issue there as well, that each person who showed up live was doing so expecting there to be a podcast. And I can remember the disappointment when one of these podcasters would say, hey, sorry, no podcast today for whatever reason it was. But it was just a a disappointment and a letdown. And then I applied that to myself and thought a great way to make myself consistent with this is not only to schedule the time, but to give myself some accountability 
by live streaming it so that people would expect me to be there ready with content at a certain time every week. I don't necessarily recommend that you get into live streaming. It's just a decision I made in order to add that extra accountability to my podcasting audience and for them to hold me accountable, that is. And the handful of people who then showed up, and it really was just a handful of people, if people could fit on one finger at a time, I had maybe four or five people show up on a regular basis. Now we're getting, for a comedy podcast, we get somewhere around 30 live viewers. And for our Once Upon a Time podcast, we've been as high as 150 live viewers for that podcast. So it's great to be consistent like that, especially when your audience knows they can rely on that consistency. The same thing can apply for when you publish your episodes, that you publish them on the same day of the week so that people can know that by about a certain time of day, they can download the latest episode and have it to listen to on their commute the next morning or whatever their plans are. I also, in the beginning, with many of my podcasts, most of my podcasts that I launched, I didn't make podcast-only feeds because back then I was thinking, I'm a podcaster. I'm not a blogger. If I wanted to blog, I would blog. If I want to podcast, which I do, I'm going to podcast. So I was only thinking, I only need a single RSS feed, and that is just a everything from the site, and that will be my podcast feed, and that's what I'll submit to podcast directories. This is actually what I did for the Audacity to Podcast. It launched with only one RSS feed, and that was a site-wide RSS feed, because back then I was thinking, I'm not going to blog, so this isn't really an issue. I wasn't thinking into the future. Of course, hindsight is 2020. but what I do now with all of the podcasts that we launch is they have a site RSS feed, which is podcast-ready. It's optimized for podcasts. And that's thanks to using PowerPress. And I'll mention a little bit more about that in a little bit. But also each podcast has a podcast-only RSS feed. And I do also get that from PowerPress thanks to their podcast-only feed that they provide native within PowerPress, not just using categories. And again, I'll talk more about categories in a little bit. But how did I fix this? Not just change what I did in the future for future podcasts I've launched, But how did I fix this? Well, I can't completely fix this because not every podcast program out there would handle this the same way. And I didn't want to make the assumption that if I take my current, back then at least, current site feed and just 301 redirect it to a podcast-only feed, I didn't want to make the assumption that everyone subscribed to that feed was only subscribed with the podcast program. I knew people were subscribed with Google Reader, Feedly, whatever program like that, who would read show notes and press play in their RSS readers. And I didn't want to then limit the content they were receiving by pushing them to just the podcast-only feed. So what I did is a little technical thing, is I used the iTunes new feed URL tag to point iTunes and the basically iTunes clones out there that read all of the same tags that iTunes does, but to point those programs to the new podcast-only RSS feed so that I knew every program that's using iTunes or using iTunes-like tags would only need podcasts, so it would be fine to move over to the podcast-only feed. Meanwhile, the site-wide feed continues to be podcast-optimized as well, So anyone who is subscribed to that through whatever program is still receiving podcast episodes, but they don't have access to the entire archive of podcast episodes like they would if they were subscribed to the podcast-only RSS feed. And if you're curious which feed you're subscribed to, if you can look at your feed URL for your podcast subscription, if it is hyphen mp3, then you're subscribed to the podcast-only feed. If it's just slash the Audacity podcast, then you're subscribed to the site-wide feed, in case you want to check that out. I also made the mistake early on with the Audacity to podcast of not fulfilling the early expectations that people had on the podcast. I was very, very precise in my marketing when I launched the Audacity to podcast. When I named the Audacity to podcast, I always had in mind this would not only be about Audacity, it would be primarily about podcasting, but it would often feature 
audacity as well. And I wanted the double meaning in the name in the word audacity. So not just the software program, but also like audacious or the audacity to do something. So the audacity to podcast, the guts to podcast, in other words. Even in the podcast awards, in the eighth annual podcast awards, when Leo Laporte was reading the winners and he came to the audacity to podcast to give me the award for the technology category, he joked, it would be an audacity podcast to win the award. And it just made me cringe a little bit because I realized, "Ah, yet another person who thinks it's an audacity podcast. Well, that, yeah, is a consequence of the name, but I'm not going to change the name. I did name it knowing there would be two meanings to the name, and I named it never planning to change it, even if I stopped using Audacity. I knew that the name would still apply. But my main problem wasn't in naming the episode or how I marketed it or naming the podcast, but my problem was with those first few episodes. Even though I'd always planned for the Audacity to podcast to be about podcasting, those first few episodes did not talk about Audacity at all. They talked about podcasting. Now, that showed what my focus would be on, but at the same time, people were coming looking for information for Audacity, and I wasn't giving it to them. What would have been better is to have my first couple episodes be that great hook, that great information about Audacity and some podcasting stuff for all of those people who would be coming looking for the Audacity information thinking this was an Audacity podcast, then I could have explained within the podcast, this is more than just Audacity. I'm focusing primarily on podcasting and will often feature Audacity. And then they would have known to stick around and they continue learning Audacity and podcasting tips along the way. So how did I fix that? I can't go back in the past. I'm not going to go back and replace those early episodes because it's now long gone. There's no point to replacing those early episodes to change those early expectations. But when I found my niche in this podcasting space and my unique approach, which is a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity, I pushed that forward. And I focused on producing such great content about either audacity or podcasting that people wouldn't mind that i wasn't actually an audacity podcast but they would get what they wanted what they needed from the podcast and yet also get to see my unique approach in the podcasting space and that was a very in-depth how-to approach and list style content these useful tools and techniques that people need to hear about their different options, their steps, whatever kind of content that I'm sharing at that time. And by doing so, then they would start to understand the double meaning of the word. So my focus today isn't on trying to win over so many Audacity users, although frequently, because I still watch Twitter for when someone tweets about a problem with Audacity and podcasting, I'll still point them to an episode, and I still look at when I can host the next Audacity training workshop and stuff like that. But today, I focus on producing that great content and now no longer have to worry about those early expectations because I think now my audience knows what kind of content to expect and that's what I then try to fulfill. Uh, Another mistake that I have made as recently as last week before recording this podcast episode is not checking my feeds after each new episode that I publish. I'm not talking about checking iTunes store to see if your new episode is in there or even checking iTunes necessarily if you're subscribed to your podcast, but checking your RSS feed to make sure your latest episode is there. I've had a couple problems before of One is I published a post and forgot to attach the podcast episode. And I'd posted that episode link in Reddit, in Facebook groups, on Twitter and social media, all of this stuff. And about maybe two hours later, someone finally emailed me and said, "Um, where's the podcast episode on your podcast post? I realized I never attached it. And, oh, the the traffic I must have missed by pointing people to just my show notes. Now, they were thorough show notes, sure, and subscription links and all of that. But I had to 
go in and fix that. Also, in one of our other podcasts on Noodle Mix Network that has a very large audience, I had a bug in the RSS feed that prevented the latest two episodes from going out. We didn't realize this until the latest episode went out, but the episode before that was the podcast awards video that showed people how to vote, ask them to vote, and that went out, was supposed to go out on November 1st when the podcast awards voting started, but it didn't actually go out until November 9th, so we missed more than a week of getting the word out there to vote for the podcast and showing people how to vote for the podcast in the podcast awards. And I could have known that it didn't go out if I just checked my feeds. I think you should do more than just subscribe to your podcast. Yes, do that too, so you can ensure that's coming through the way it's supposed to. But also just check your RSS feed, especially if you're using FeedBurner, because you may think that your podcast is out there in your RSS feed, but because of FeedBurner's caching system where it's sometimes delayed by 30 minutes or an hour, you may put out an episode. Your, your feed may have absolutely no problems in it, but it could still be another 30 to 60 minutes before your episode actually goes out to your subscribers because of FeedBurner's delay. So check your RSS feed and make sure that latest episode is in there. If it's not, you can resync your feed or do the quicker, simpler thing, and that is just ping your feed through the FeedBurner website, and then that way... It looks for new information and updates your feed. So what I do now is I'm already subscribed to all of my podcasts, but when I fall behind on listening to podcasts, I'm not doing so well at keeping up with is the newest episode out there in the feed. So what I now do is I have quick links to all of the separate podcast RSS feeds and quick links to all of the FeedBurner ping addresses for each podcast's RSS feed that still uses FeedBurner. So I can just, as soon as I publish a new episode, I ping the feed and then I check it with just a couple quick links. I just check, make sure that latest episode is there and that the media file is attached properly and it's good to go and then let people start downloading it. Hey, since I mentioned the podcast awards, this is a good opportunity to just ask you, would you please vote for the Audacity to Podcast and all of our other Noodle Mix Network podcasts in the podcast awards? It's super fast, especially, let me give you a hint. If you use LastPass as a password manager, you can have it save all of your form information so it can be even faster for you to vote in the podcast awards, but really only takes about a minute or even less than a minute to vote in the podcast awards. And here's how we'd love for you to vote for our podcast. Go to podcastawards.com and under business and people's choice, vote for beyond the to-do list. Under best produced, vote for once, once upon a time podcast. Under comedy, vote for the ramen noodle. Under religion inspiration, vote for are you just watching? And under technology, vote for the audacity to podcast. Make sure when you submit your votes that you check your email after that and verify the email that it sends you after that. You can vote once every 24 hours. So pick a good time that works for you. Vote consistently at that time, set up reminders, whatever. But speaking of reminders, you can go over to the audacity to podcast.com slash podcast awards to sign up for a daily reminder to go vote in the awards and support all of our podcasts. You can also there at that same address, the audacity to podcast.com slash podcast awards check out the other podcasts that I'm voting for. And you can see my full list of podcasts I'm voting for in different categories. But the one I want to give special attention to is definitely under the general category, vote for Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting under the general category. And then check out the other things that I recommend voting for in the notes at slash podcast awards. So I mentioned my mailing list for the podcast awards, and this was similar to one of the other mistakes I made early on in podcasting, and that was that I didn't start a mailing list sooner. I don't send email to my subscribers that often. And even though I don't, I do wish I'd started that list sooner because the earlier you start building a list or building a following, whatever metaphor or whatever system you're trying to work with, the sooner you try to get people involved and connected directly like that, then the bigger your list can be and the more you can leverage it for doing great things, whether it is 
voting in the podcast awards or helping you with a special project or getting people to donate to charities or maybe advertising a special or promotional that you are uh, pushing. Anything like that, you can do really well with an email list. And even in the last couple of years that I've been in the podcast awards, I had no kind of email list set up for that. I wasn't going to spam my regular subscribers with daily emails asking them to vote. I think I actually was very late in just asking people to vote even just once. But now I have a separate email list for just the podcast awards. And that's something that then I can come back to every year and continue to add to that of that number of people who have signed up for a daily reminder email. And that's all they receive from that. And I wish I'd done this much sooner because then if I'd started the podcast awards email list back when I first made it into the podcast awards, then the list would be much bigger today and we might have been able to get even more podcasts nominated in the awards or maybe might be able to win more awards. I don't know yet who's winning the awards and I won't know until the awards ceremony. But if, by the way, if you voted or nominated our podcast, thank you so much. We really, literally could not do it without you. And so you are the one making all the effort. And thank you so much for that. So how did I fix this? Well, I do now have a primary mailing list for each podcast and also these special mailing lists like for the podcast awards or for people who purchased my plugin, social subscribe and follow icons. There's a special mailing list for that so I can let them know about updates that come out to the plugin or things they need to know, tips and tricks and such. And other special things that I'm doing, I have mailing lists set up for these things. But it mostly goes back to just the primary mailing list. And I also frequently recommend that people subscribe to my mailing list. I'm going to recommend that you subscribe to my mailing list over at the audacitypodcast.com because you want to be let in on a little secret. I'm going to be running a Black Friday sale on three things. One is social subscribe and follow icons plugin will go on sale. It will be uh, my consulting rate, my one-on-one consulting rate will drop with a special discount. And I'm planning to announce my new, very special thing I'm launching very soon and will be scheduling it very soon. Something I'm really excited about for podcasters who take their podcast super seriously in a way that they can be absolutely amazing with their podcast. I wish I could tell you more, but I don't have it all set up yet, but I will be announcing that and it will go out those three things, the discount codes for the, the plugin and the consulting services. And there will be a discount code for this new thing I'll be launching will be exclusive to my email subscribers. And it will go out around Black Friday or just before Black Friday in the United States, which is the Friday just after Thanksgiving. And or let's just put it this way. The last Friday in November this year is when that is, if you're not familiar with American holidays. So if you want to see those things, subscribe to the mailing list and you'll get those promo codes and you'll get to hear about the awesome new thing I'll be launching. And you'll hear that first and get an opportunity to save a lot of money on more than just car insurance. So that's my mailing list. But in the beginning, and I hope this doesn't seem ironic now to mention this point right after I heavily pushed my email list. Uh, But in the beginning, I thought too highly of myself with my podcast. And that goes back to a little bit of why I started my podcast. Originally, one of my reasons was that not only did I see that no one else was talking about audacity and no one else was giving certain uh, approaches to things and a, a certain balanced or certain thorough approach to things, but I also disagreed with some of the advice that was out there at that time. So I was passionate. I had disagreements. I had strong opinions and I thought no one else was doing certain things. And so if you, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but if you go back to episode eight, where I talked about podcast stats. I didn't listen to this episode until fairly recently. I didn't listen to it again since I published it until fairly recently. And so it's about three years old. And wow, I sounded so arrogant in that episode. Several times I said stuff like, 
I'm going to give you the only truth, or I'm telling you the truth that no one else is telling you about your stats, or I'm the only one who knows this truth and imparts my awesome wisdom on you. It, it was a bit ridiculous and how arrogant I sounded because I was thinking too highly of myself in those early episodes. And I see similar things with the ramen noodle, even though I knew I had barely any audience. I can remember how long I only had 20 subscribers to my podcast, but I thought I was really awesome. I'm a podcaster. I'm a cool guy now. I'm up there with Leo Laporte and all of these great people. <laughs> no, uh, that's not the case. But if if you want to laugh, and I hope that you will laugh at it instead of hate me for it, go back and listen to episode eight and maybe count how many times I said I'm the only something or other. And now I look back and think, oh, that was so terrible. That sounds so arrogant, so full of myself. And that was one of my big mistakes is I think several of those early episodes, I took that approach of thinking too highly of myself and then making that come out in the way that I marketed myself or the content that I was sharing in those episodes. And now, how have I fixed this? Well, one thing is being aware of this and recognizing now a little while later, later, after just kind of growing up a little bit more, recognizing some of the mistakes I made, how it comes across, but also realizing that this this podcast isn't about me. Yes, it's stuff that I want to share with you and stuff that I think you should know, but it's really about you. It's about what you need to know, what I think you should be prepared for or tools you should learn or get or what you should do in order to succeed. Even with our other podcasts like The Ramen Noodle, it's not about us telling our stories. It's about making people smile and laugh and lifting their moods during a rough day. For our Once Upon a Time podcast, it's about sharing passions together, enjoying watching a television show together, and carrying these conversations that some people may not get to have anyone else who shares their passion for these TV shows, but they can join our community, listen to our podcast, and they feel like they're one of us and they enjoy chatting with us. So it's now a change of focus from myself and promoting my services, my expertise to How can I use what I have as a servant to other people? A big buzzword nowadays is servant leader. And that's really what I want to try and be with the Audacity podcast is be a leader by serving. And all of you out there who know your Bible know that this is a biblical principle that Jesus illustrated this by washing the disciples' feet. And he was a leader, yet he served. And he told them, whoever wants to be first, be last. And I'm, I'm not trying to be last in order to be first. That's kind of the wrong way to do it. But I'm now trying to focus more on you, what your needs are, and how I can help you and how I can be a leader by serving you. Early on, I also wasn't willing to invest money. And maybe you can answer this question because I can't. What is it with podcasting? that many people approach podcasting as a hobby, sure. But what is it about podcasting that separates it from all other hobbies so that people want to podcast for free, but any other hobby they have, they're willing to spend money on it? Why is there that difference? I I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe you can say from your own experience. But I was the same kind of person. This is one of my mistakes. I wasn't willing to invest money in my podcast. I wanted to do everything for free. Clearly, my reason for doing this was when I first started, I didn't have much money to put into this. I used the equipment that I had, but I also had the knowledge in order to make the cheap stuff I had sound better. But looking back, I've wasted a lot of time on tools, on processes, on plugins, all of this different stuff. I've wasted time because I was trying to do it for free when I could have just made a, a, a little payment in the big scheme of things, a little payment on something and so drastically improved my audio quality. I even look at uh, certain ways that I thought too small and tried to save too much money on things like with my uh, 
with my microphones, some of my early microphones, that I could have probably bought something else and done much better and would have been something a lot more modular that could grow with my podcast. But when you are looking at buying something and you're thinking, well, is it really worth it? Think about this. If it improves your quality or it saves you time and brain cells, then it's probably worth the money. So that could mean investing in better software. That could mean buying a better mic. It could mean buying a microphone instead of using whatever else you're trying to use for free. It could mean buying a mixer instead of trying to hack things together with cables and software and all of this stuff. So look at those things and recognize that, yeah, it's a hobby. And sure, save up for these things and treat it like you do any other hobby. And how do you save up for your other hobbies that you want to spend money on? So how do I fix this? Well, I bought the hardware and software that I needed in order to improve my quality and speed up my workflow. And I have not regretted any of my purchases that I've made based on these decisions. Stuff like WordPress plugins or software or hardware. I am grateful for each one of them and really like how much better I can do things now because of these decisions. But even if it Uh, Even when it was a hobby, I eventually learned to treat it like other hobbies and just started saving up for the new toy that I wanted for my podcast. And then now, years later, I can see where that investment was a wise decision. Also, in some of my early podcasts, especially my other podcast, Are You Just Watching?, we had some really weird numbering, episode numbering going on. What we did in that podcast was we didn't have an episode zero, and I don't recommend having an episode zero. I recommend start off with great content, but we would have our full discussions, which would be focused around a DVD. So it was something that we could watch and enjoy, then watch again, get sound clips, take our notes, pause it, get quotations, all of this stuff. So those would be our full discussions, and we'd even split them into parts, which I'll mention that in a moment. But then we would have our, what we called initial reactions, and that was when we couldn't see a movie on DVD, but it was coming out in the theater, or when we eventually got press passes and were able to see movies ahead of time. So we would have these initial reactions where it couldn't be as thorough as a DVD review, but it was still hitting some of the major points and discussing these things that people would be looking for answers. But what this made is for a terrible time with the episode numbering because we had regular episodes numbered one way, sequentially, yes, episode numbering one through whatever, and then we had our initial reactions were also numbered one through whatever. So we might be on regular episode 20, but initial reactions five. And that started to get confusing as we were giving URLs and uh, making the show notes and just saying what episode and knowing what episode number we were on. So was it, are we on our 40th episode? Are we on our 45th episode, 49th? Let's go back and add these things up. And I even, oh, this was even worse. I did a half episode one time or maybe a couple times so it was episode 5.5 and that was terrible terrible decision so now going back i don't know what episode number it really is but what we did do is in order to fix this we decided each episode will have a sequential number we won't do this separate numbering system for separate styles of episodes if it's part of the podcast then it's numbered as part of the podcast so each episode is number 20, 30, 40, 45, whatever number it is. And we also didn't skip episode numbers in order to make this right. Because if we did, that would mean having to go back and edit all of those past episodes, not just edit the show notes and the URLs, but also edit when we say the episode number and the show note URLs and all of that stuff in the podcast. And that was just too much of uh, trouble. So I make sure that those old URLs that we mention still work. And then uh, going forward, we just use a standard sequential episode numbering system. I did something kind of similar with the ramen noodle even too, that 
during those two years that I only released nine full episodes, I also had these short episodes, which were called Random Noodle Updates, which eventually just got merged into the full episodes. And those were numbered with a date. And that was absolutely terrible because that I couldn't link to that very easily. Another problem I made is I didn't blog enough. And this is a problem I continue to struggle with, actually. But someone, I don't know who first said this, but someone once said, bad bloggers podcast and bad podcasters blog. But the truth is really that amazingly successful people blog and podcast together. And that's how they can grow their audience so much better is by hitting all of these points, especially if you're doing an audio only podcast, then try doing a video every now and then, even if it's just once a month and something super short, super short videos work really well. Try doing that and try blogging maybe once a week when you, if you podcast on Monday, try a blog on Thursday or Friday. And there's a lot of short content that I could have posted out there, gotten some timely news update with just a simple blog post, because a blog post post can be as few as 300 words, which may sound like a lot, but it's really not that much. That's a few paragraphs or a couple paragraphs, depending on how you write. And if I'd only just taken the little bit of time to write some of these blog posts back then, instead of thinking, oh, I'll save that for the podcast, or it's not too long, it's not long enough to mention in the podcast, I could have made some simple blog posts out there and gotten the word out quickly and put some more expertise out there and helped people with some of this information. But now, looking back, that information is lacking. So how am I fixing this today? Well, it is, like I said, a continuing struggle to try to set aside time to blog as well as do the podcast. But I'm now trying to blog on my sites about once each week and on some of the other sites like our Once Upon a Time podcast, I've opened it up to guest bloggers there so they can put out some of the content that they'd like to put out or news items that they see so I don't have to constantly be working on finding new content for it. I can leave it up to some other people to do it. Another mistake I made, I mentioned this briefly earlier, is splitting episodes into parts. Podcast episodes don't have a time limit like television or radio shows do. So you really don't have to split it up just because it's getting long. And my previous decisions for splitting up an episode, and your decisions may be different, and uh, your, your circumstance, of course, may be different, but my decisions came from either laziness or some other bad idea that thinking that splitting my episodes would help grow my audience, would help the content. But it really wasn't, because what it would mean is that many of those split episodes, most of my subscribers would only get half of the content, either because of their podcast player or the way that they decide to consume their episodes. They would only get half of the episodes. So how I fix this is, well, I don't split episodes anymore. Even if it's a long conversation, I won't split it. I'll either edit it down Or I plan ahead of time knowing that this is going to be a long discussion and I'll plan it for separate shows. Like look at my little podcast series that I did with Gordon Firemark about law stuff for podcasters. We covered copyrights, trademarks, uh, disclosures, disclaimers, certain policies like that that podcasters need to know about. And we planned ahead of time that each of these would be separate episodes. So that way we could focus, and I liked the way that we did this. So if you need to split up an episode, this is a good way to do it. But I liked how we split it up so that now I have a copyright episode, and that episode is all about copyrights. If someone needs to know about copyrights, I send them to that episode. I have an episode about uh, running your podcast as a business from a legal perspective. I can point people to that episode. So that way they're getting just that content. They don't have to sift through all of this other content. And it did still give me more episodes to publish out there without splitting up a conversation and just breaking it in the middle. You may decide differently. You may have different reasons, whatever. But this is a mistake I made on some of my early content that I wish I didn't make those mistakes. And the only time I've received a complaint about our episodes, well, one person in an iTunes review did say something like, their episodes are a bit long, 
but that was just one person. But the only time I actually received a complaint about the length of an episode, someone saying, can you please make the episode shorter, wasn't because they didn't want to consume the content. It was actually because they were burning the audio files to an audio disc to play in their car. So what I did when we had a really long episode that I knew wouldn't fit on a disc is I just emailed that person directly and gave them two files. I split the episode up for them so that they could put it on audio discs. And that didn't take much time. And it was much better, I think, than putting out two episodes. I also, coming back to another thing that I referenced earlier, I used podcast categories. And that's when I first launched Noodle Mix Network in 2010. I brought together the two podcasts I already had at that time, which were The Ramen Noodle and Are You Just Watching? And then that's when I launched my third podcast, The Audacity Podcast. I put all of these into the same WordPress website with different categories. This, of course, can be fine when your shows are connected in some way. Like, look at This Week in Tech. All of those podcasts are something about technology. But when you look at my podcast network, they're quite a bit more diverse. I've got a podcast about podcasting, a comedy podcast, several podcasts about TV shows, a productivity podcast, and we're about to launch actually a video podcast pretty soon that will be something to help you succeed in life, in regular personal life, home life. So some really different broad categories and these things don't tie together so tightly. And by having them on the same WordPress website under just different categories, it meant that uh, each show was being hurt in its search engine optimization and uh, also marketing to grow each audience for each podcast. Because if you would visit a site, you would see Noodle Mix Network, Noodle Mix Network, all of this, and then a post that said the Audacity to Podcast. And then you'd see that post on among a lot of other things that had absolutely nothing to do with podcasting. And so there was a lot of irrelevant content. If I wanted an affiliate link on that site, well, which affiliate links do I use? Do I use this affiliate link to a comedy product? Do I use this affiliate link to a movie? Do I use this affiliate link to podcasting store? And I'm talking about sidebar stuff. And yes, you can use advanced plugins and advanced themes and stuff that help you do all of these different things with categories and widgets and widget logic and PHP code or all of this fancy stuff. Sure, you can get that complicated. But I think it was really a mistake for me to try and combine all of these things together into categories on my site because the podcasts weren't connected with each other. But then you look at my site oncepodcast.com and it now has two podcasts running from that site once upon a time and once upon a time in wonderland those two podcasts are very close together their content is very close together the audiences for each show are very close together as well we have a big percentage of crossover listeners who listen to both podcasts and watch both tv shows so it makes sense to run both of those through one site with just separate category feeds And by the way, as an aside, PowerPress provides this feature called category podcasting, but it's actually often overused. Many people will use it to make a podcast-only RSS feed. But PowerPress already provides a podcast-only RSS feed that's actually a lot better at being optimized and a lot more compatible than your category feed. So if you are just running a podcast from your site, not multiple podcasts, then you don't need the category feed. And to know which feed you're working with, if your feed URL is yourdomain.com slash feed slash podcast, that's your podcast-only feed that PowerPress provides. If your feed is something like slash the name of a category slash feed, then that's your feed, your category feed. Even if you name your category podcast, your feed might look like slash podcast slash feed, but that's because it's a category feed, not an actual podcast-only feed. And on the administration side, this can mean you are taking steps that you don't need to take by setting up category settings for your podcast when you could just do that in your default PowerPress settings. This also means that all of that podcast optimization that you're doing on your category feed is not applying to your site-wide feed. So if someone takes your site-wide feed and tries to put that in a podcast program, it won't be optimized like your category feed would be. 
So it's it's really unnecessary to do, use category feeds if you're only hosting one podcast. Category feeds are designed for hosting multiple podcasts, like in the case of my Once Upon a Time podcast and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland podcast running from the same site. So how did I fix this from going from podcast categories to what I have today? Well, I'm comfortable with PHP and advanced WordPress work, so I relaunched Noodle Mix Network as a WordPress multi-site. This is basically what powers WordPress.com. But when you host your own WordPress multi-site, it's a single installation of WordPress that powers multiple independently functioning websites. So each site has its own domain, its own design, its own marketing, its own search engine optimization, and it means that everything then is managed from a single WordPress installation. So I update a plugin once, and it updates on all of my sites. I can use my same username and password across all of my sites. And there are also special network-only features that I can really take advantage of, like plugins like the Diamond Multi-Site Widgets plugin, which is what powers my list of other podcasts on the network that are in the show notes and on the website. That's powered by a plugin so that automatically any podcast that's in the network shows up in that list and it's automatically sorted in a certain way. It works beautifully. It is a bit more complicated, but it's not impossible to set up. It is just a little intimidating to get into and get through, but I love it now. And I think that one of my mistakes was bringing everything together on a single site. I would have been better off keeping everything on separate sites and then merging them into a WordPress multi-site like I eventually did. I also didn't think of search engine optimization very well in the beginning, or I thought about it too much. SEO can be confusing, but it's kind of simple. It's just use the words and keywords and phrases that you think real human beings out there would use and search for and expect to find your content. And don't litter your posts with these keywords. Don't try to smash them in if they don't make sense there. When With my clean comedy podcast, it's, well, a clean comedy podcast, but I didn't start using those keywords until sometime around when I actually acquired the domain clean comedy podcast. I could have been using those keywords clean comedy podcast in special search engine optimization fields for a long time before that. And then it wouldn't have just been my title, the ramen noodle that tells people absolutely nothing about what the podcast is. But on the flip side of this, some of my early The Audacity to Podcast episodes have some titles where you can tell I was grasping for search engine optimization and gave certain titles that did not have quite so much to do with the content because I was pushing a bit too hard for getting Audacity and podcast or podcasting in the title. Another thing, second to last thing here, I didn't buy my name. Sure, it's cute to be the ramen noodle, and it makes people laugh. Even Callie Lewis loves the name, and she's heard it and seen it a couple different places, and every time she does, she says, I love the name. But my branding is so much bigger now. And even looking at some of my business names, Noodle Mix Network and D. Joseph Design, those may not be around all the time. What will be around is Daniel J. Lewis. So I wish that from the beginning, I owned my own personal platform with my own name, Daniel J. Lewis. How do I fix this? And how have I? And how am I trying to fix this? Well, I now always introduce myself, especially at conferences, as Daniel J. Lewis. And I'm always happy to hear when other podcasters call me Daniel J. Lewis, because that is the branding I'm really working hard to put out there, Daniel J. Lewis, for many reasons. And I keep pleading with Twitter to let me have the account Daniel J. Lewis. It's a dormant account. It's been dormant for four years, but Twitter will not let it go. So, and the the website address, DanielJLewis.com, no matter how many times I tried to call them and even talk to them, they would not sell the domain to me. And in fact, they recently just renewed the domain for another 10 years. So I just gave up on that and decided to settle for .net for my own personal blog. So it's DanielJLewis.net because I realized it's better to have it my name in some variety 
or some acceptable form than to have no identity out there at all. So in the meantime, I'm introducing myself as Daniel J. Lewis. I'm embracing the branding that I do have, even if it doesn't quite fit with everything else. But I'm still certainly eager and I keep trying to get these other standardized, very flexible brandings that I have my eyes on. And last thing, and certainly not my last mistake, but last of my big mistakes to share with you, I didn't try to get media attention. Many podcasters will talk about being newsworthy, and many podcasters have been newsworthy. They've been written up in news. They've been on news. Look at Grammar Girl. She's been on Oprah and major television shows and quoted in major articles because of her podcast. And I know that I and the rest of my podcast network have certainly been newsworthy. I I won a podcast award. That could have been awesome news, but there are no articles out there about it. I missed many opportunities to get the media's attention for newsworthy items that happened with my podcast or even just stuff like uh, saying that the finale of a certain show is coming up and we're looking forward to a big podcast about it. Certain stuff like that could really help get the media's attention. So how have I fixed this? Well, it's more of how am I going to fix this because this doesn't come up every single day. It's the next time something big comes up. I'll get some help so that we can get the media's attention on our big thing. If one of our podcasts wins in the podcast awards, and that would be with your help, then we will be getting the media's attention. We will call the local papers and make sure that we get it out there and get some of this stuff so that Wikipedia can list some of this information as well. So these are some of my big mistakes in podcasting. I'd love to hear from you what have been some of your big mistakes in podcasting and how did you learn from them? Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 150 and let me know what your thoughts are on this content as well as what your experience has been. I mentioned already the podcast awards, my upcoming sale and super special that will be exclusive to my email subscribers, but two other important things, uh, quick announcements I want to share with you. I will be speaking at New Media Expo along with Dave Jackson and Ray Ortega about how to grow your podcast audience from hundreds to thousands. We would love to see you there. I'd love to meet you. Even if you can't make it to our session, please find me. I will be updating my Twitter profile with whatever I'm wearing on that day. So it will make it even easier for you to find me if you follow me on Twitter and you're at New Media Expo. But if you plan to go and haven't already purchased your ticket, then please sign up at theaudacitypodcast.com slash NMX and use the promo code Daniel20 and you'll be able to save 20% off your registration. I look forward to seeing you there. Also, Tech Podcast Network will be at the Consumer Electronics Show in 2014, and this is an opportunity for you to promote your podcast by joining our crowdfund campaign for the Tech Podcast Network, CES Coverage. We'd love for you to be a part of this. It's an opportunity to be heard by thousands, tens of thousands of people, depending on what level of sponsorship you give. You can give as little as $10 or more than that. You can get t-shirts, which are awesome-looking t-shirts. You can get your podcast name in front of many people. You can have exclusive promotion on certain things like you could be our breakfast buyer for one day or our taxi cab buyer, or you could sponsor a full day of live streaming and all of these cool opportunities for you. So please check out tpn.tv slash crowdfund. That's tpn.tv slash crowdfund to find out how you can get your podcast in front of thousands with our crowdfund campaign for the Tech Podcast Network. So, wow, a lot of stuff to share in this list. And my list certainly grew the more I worked on it over the last several weeks planning this episode. The list kept growing as I remembered, oh, that's a mistake I made, that's a mistake I made, that's a mistake I made. But thank you for sticking with me through this episode. And I really appreciate it. I'd love to hear from you on what you'd like to see me cover in a future episode of the Audacity Podcast. Please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash contact, and you can get all my contact information there or send a voice message through the website or just email me feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also follow me on Twitter at (laughs) the ramen noodle. 
and let me know in a tweet something that you'd like me to cover in the future. And I'd love to interact with you. And make sure that whatever method you're taking to your podcasting, try to avoid your mistakes now. And if you make a mistake, don't sweat it. Just figure out how to fix it and move on from there. And you'll be able to look back and see how much you learned from that. As I shared with you, my 150th episode about some, not all, of the mistakes I've made in my podcasting. And so I hope that now you don't have to make those mistakes. So now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacitytopodcast.com. And please vote in the podcast awards for all your favorite podcasters. And thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. You've got to check it out. Lots of podcasts about all kinds of technology, home technology, medical technology, gadgets, gizmos, web programming, regular programming, all kinds of cool things about technology and all family friendly too. Check it out at techpodcast.com and consider joining the crowdfund campaign at tpn.tv slash crowdfund.